good morning good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world um it's been a very i don't even know how to say it i'm in a i'm in a twilight zone i'm just i'm amazed at what the lord is doing i remember many years ago there was a um, preaching by one pastor, a man of God, who really had a very strong teaching anointing. I don't normally say, I mean, I'm someone, there are many preachers around, there are many pastors, there are very few teachers, there are not as many teachers, there are more people who are prophets, who are pastors and preachers, particularly preachers, but teachers of the word, very few the body of Christ. I don't know why. I suspect a lot of the teachers don't get to be on the pulpits because they don't, they're not very good at political, <laughs> the, the games, political games. So I suspect that many of the teachers are actually in the, you know, Bible schools and all that. So they never ever get to preach on Sunday mornings, which is a shame because they are the ones that are gifted to teach. But those are some of the dysfunctionalities that you find. So you find out that on Sunday morning, we are being preached to whereas i'm already born again i don't need to be preached to i need what i need is teaching you know and that preaching yeah it works to get people saved you know but then really the disciples are not getting fed so most of the time if you're a real christian and you want to grow you had better go and attend some bible course somewhere else and not depend on sunday morning services i mean that's generally my observation which is really a shame because um I think that at least one church I used to attend many years ago, um, Bishop Halford Inoputife, he was a very, he was a teacher, he he was a pastor, he also had a um, teaching ministry, but he never missed an opportunity of a gathering. In fact, he used to run, um, you know, services like a series when he would run series like Righteousness, Faith, all those kind of things. And we used to look, he would run it, when he starts those series, he would run it on Wednesday, he would run it on Sunday. So it was and you would you would not want to miss any service because you know that you know although at every service he'll recap what he did the last one but it was a teaching series and he didn't mind that okay people are coming and they're new christians you will join us with the teaching you know and i find that i haven't since then you know well he passed on varying um sad circumstances but well you know in the, in the mid 90s early 90s and since then you know i've been churches here and there I can't say I have been in any church that had the word level that I had in that place. It's, since him, there hasn't been. Since then, I think I've only been able to get it through books, you know, online, other places, you know what I mean, other ministers and pastors and all that. Most of what the people that I have then come, they didn't have that teaching gift and what they have is preaching, which, like I said, is good for people who are not saved and it's fine but for those of us believers particularly people like me who are <laughs> cooked it i mean as in I've, I've really studied the word of god i have i over my over, over a lifetime i have it doesn't mean that i'm perfect but I, yes i have read i have read i have studied i have read the bible over and over and over again not as much as i could have but i have i mean i'll be lying if i said i haven't it's the book that i've read most in my life and i read a lot most books I read it once and I leave it. The Bible I've read it over and over and over and over again, especially the New Testament. Recently, a little bit more of Old Testament, but I've read the Bible. I have, oh, I have read the Bible, particularly the New Testament. I have read it. So over and over, I have to stress, <laughs> I've read it over and over and over again. And it's still new and I, you know, I continue to read it. Anyway, so I am just, you know, I'm in this phase whereby 
I am so amazed at what the Lord is doing. And honestly, I really don't know how I got onto this tangent of teachers or, or no teachers. But I am amazed at what the Lord is doing in my life. And how he's showing me that his word is really true. It's, you know, it, so I remember, yes, I was talking about the pastor who preached um, this teacher that he also, he was a member of the church, was the associate pastor. And he preached a message called promotion is the aftermath of temptation. That message stuck in my mind. Now, I want you to understand, this message was preached before I got married. This was, I heard this message in 1993. I have not forgotten the title. It stuck in me. Because he, he what he was saying was that, Whenever you go through a transition or a trial, you know, and God, you bring God into it and it, it comes to refine you. But that after you've come out of that, we should endure, you know, keep your faith, believe God, pray, you know, hold on to what God is saying. But that after it all, promotion is the next thing. So that, in fact, what he was saying was that when promotions come, we should be happy. I mean, when temptations come, we should be happy because we should know that at the end of that temptation or that trial it's going to be promotion that there is no promotion in the kingdom of god before temptation and it's funny these are things like i said these were normal things we were being taught in church on sunday i have never heard anybody preach anything like that but it is so true and it stuck to me then because i was of course i was going through a very difficult time i had i was in between jobs the economy was horrible it was a time of military rule in nigeria it was oppression you know very very terrible times no mobile phone nothing we're just literally cut off from the entire world and you know there were a lot of protests civic unrest it was just really horrible and it was like i if i nothing could have told me then that my life would be the way it was now i was really in that place where you don't really know whether you know things will go up or things will go down but i spent that period just really serving god so i was always in church almost every day every program i was there for, for three years i was 100 percent dedicated to god and now i now realize that that was really god's doing even though i later felt that i i regretted it thinking that maybe i i missed god at that time which was why i had that lag in my life but i realized that even though god did not create the circumstances i was the one that chose the circumstances that led to my being in between jobs at that time the Bible says all things work together for good. God then seized on that opportunity to allow me to be a part of what was actually the last three years of my pastor's life at that time, which none of us knew. And he preached like his life, there was no tomorrow. If I now that I think about it, I wish I could get my hands on his old tapes. If I could get them, I would I would really love to listen to them again now that I'm thinking about it because nobody has i've not heard anybody preach the word of god the way he did he had such an unusual gift which was why i guess he was assassinated which is really how it went down yeah he was was a great man of god and i don't just say that i say that because of the the way god used him the authenticity of his work you know as i'm talking now it's, it's, it's just showing me how much impact he had upon me because i haven't forgotten and I've been under many ministries since then. None of them have had that impact. And it's not just because he his life was cut short. It was, he lived it, you know. He lived it. He really lived the gospel. He lived it. And he made you believe that it was possible to live it, you know. He didn't have a public persona. The person he was on the pulpit is the person he was everywhere else. 
he was oh lord radical for christ so committed anyway let me just pack that so so that so he said promotion is the aftermath of temptation and that's what i'm experiencing in this year 2023 it's almost like somebody has it's like a it's like when you are in prison and you know you've served out your sentence and then you know a decree is actually issued and said release the prisoner and then the person gets released and all of a sudden the years of incarceration are over but a decree had to be issued for that prisoner to be released that's how i feel i feel like i have been unleashed i can't explain it and it's not even just a feeling everything that i am laying my hands to do everything i've ever conceived to do open doors things that i've always wondered about that i didn't even pray about that i was like oh it would have been nice if i could have gotten this it's just coming out at me i am seeing opportunity everywhere and even the ones that i've started doing is just bringing results i'm amazed i'm like god is this how you are so all this trouble and turmoil that i was going through you were just waiting for the you know sentence for time there was a time sheet that had raised and there was a cut off date and you were just waiting god was just waiting for that cut off sheet that time to come to an end and after that he was setting so and the bible this is scriptural because um in the book of james it says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation knowing that the trial of your faith works patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire lacking nothing perfect and complete so it's saying there that there is a work of faith of perfection that comes through the diverse trials that we all face in our lives as christians this is scripture he said james said we should count it all joy we should rejoice which is what my pastor was saying when he said promotion is the aftermath and he used that scripture he also used the scripture in first corinthians 10 13 that says which God will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able, but that with every temptation He will make a way of escape so that we can bear it. Those two verses, particularly that First Corinthians 10, I hid it in my heart from that day. So whenever I'm going through things, I always remind God of that scripture. You will not allow me to be tempted above that which I bear. Although I remember I realize now that because I had drifted away so far from the core of my foundation, I didn't remember to bring God in remembrance of that scripture in fact i thought it wasn't even relevant in fact i was so my faith was so shattered that i couldn't even bring myself to remember that because i know if it was the shola of before i would have started reminding god of that scripture much earlier but i think i i was so overwhelmed discombobulated confused in short overwhelmed i can't even i'm looking for the words language you know I was so taken up by all that was happening that I couldn't even remember. In fact, I had drifted far away from my foundation. While while still very much a Christian, serving God and living a morally um, pure life, but I had drifted away from the Word of God, from the things that I had been taught. And this is what I mean about, you know, having a watery Christian life where you're going to church and people are just preaching, you know, um, feel good christianity for you you're not getting the meat of the word of god so i had forgotten all those principles because their faith 
There are life faith principles that are in the Bible. There's guidance for when you are going through tough times. There's guidance for, you know, when you are trying to, you are at the cusp of something. There's, there's guidance for when you are confused. There's guidance for when you've gotten a new job or, you know, how you should do if you're in a strange place or people are hostile around you. There is scripture for all of those things. But if it's not written under a title and say, oh, it's, this is for you when you are in this context, you have to literally look into it. And find it out if you happen to be in a congregation where somebody's doing the looking for you and packaging it and bringing it for you on Sunday morning God bless he or she that is doing that marvelous work which is really what teachers are, are supposed to do preachers cannot do it because they don't have the anointing it's a gift I know I mean it's, it's you, you and that's one thing about God the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance I have seen people try to teach when they are not called to teach it's, it's as in this is fact is the most I don't want to know. It is horrible. It's horrible, and everybody can tell. Everybody can tell, because you are trying to be. It's like somebody trying to sing when you don't have the gift to sing. You know, you know, there's no singing. You can't fake it. Look, I get on stage and be doing all what you like, but you don't have the voice for it. You just don't have the voice for it. That's not like me. I like singing. On this podcast, you've heard me sing a lot. But when I when I listen to myself sometimes when I record, I'm like, oh my god. And I've always suspected this, but now I now know for sure I only have a backup voice. I don't have a solo voice. I have a good voice, speaking voice. I don't have a powerful enough singing voice. But, I, but my backup, oh wow, is excellent. So I, my voice is the kind of voice that can enrich the voice of someone else who has that natural singing voice. But I do have a speaking voice, which is what you're listening to right now. But I don't have a singing voice. You know, it's solo singing voice. I, I do have a backup singing voice, actually. I, I back up really well, really well. The sound is very good, you know, the harmony and all that. But solo, oof, it's terrible. And I, and I can't fix it, you know what I'm saying? Even if I took all the voice, um, whatever's in the world, it, it just won't be the same. So, the Word of God teaches us all these things. And He taught us that promotion is the aftermath of temptation. I have gone through a very challenging, the most challenging trial of my life. It almost consumed me. It almost finished me. I have never gone through anything that will say, most times when I said, oh, I escaped, I almost, you know, maybe this thing almost finished me. I'm talking about it was a health challenge, it was life-threatening, you know, that kind of thing. You know, like maybe some gyne emergency and that kind of thing. So that one, it was purely a health, physical thing. This had nothing to do with physical health. It was every other thing but physical. But still, it's almost a fact that I am alive today. I am a testimony. And what amazes me about what God is doing is that He is making it as though those two, three years did not happen. I can feel it. God actually, you know, sometimes you may be someone or you and I, we maybe have been looking for something, like maybe Hannah, let me give Hannah as an example. She did not have a child for so long. Her other wife, her mates, was also having, uh, her husband's other wife, was having children and children. It was looking like she was already left behind. By the time God started with her, not only that he gave her Samuel, which was, as far as I'm concerned, Samuel was enough of a gift, because that was a powerful man of God. But after Samuel, he gave so many others, to the point that, Hannah's history as a woman who was married for many years and did not have a child became irrelevant. 
But let us not forget what Hannah did. She first went through the trial. And through it all, she came to God and she poured out her heart unto the Lord. And in the point out of the heart, she also made a covenant with God, with God. She made a partnership with God. It's like that was what God was waiting for. When she brought God into the matter and made a covenant partner, um, partnership with him, God said, don't worry, I have heard you. In nine months time, she had her baby, her Christ. And, and like I said, not only that he gave her, he gave her Samuel, Samuel Plus. <laughs> you know, he didn't just give her Samuel. Samuel enough would have been good. But what I also respect Hannah for was that she kept her promise because I know many of us, me, myself included, I am the kind of person that can make that commitment in the, you know, in the heat of the emotion. But when it comes to time to come and deliver that child to to God, I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> you understand? I'm not sure. I'm sure I will look for a way to say, God, okay, how about he comes and he goes? I, I'm not likely to give it, but then I haven't been in Hannah's shoes. But I, I know I have that tendency. There's full disclosure yes which is why now i'm very careful about making certain covenants to the lord because i've seen that sometimes i i then struggle in the heat of the moment i try not to i, I want to make sure i will have come down but then hannah kept it and maybe it's part of the, the culture where they're coming from i don't know but she kept it or she as a woman and then god gave her other children and that is we now remember hannah as the mother of samuel her story about whatever it was that happened before is just a backstory. We, what is more important is what happened after that. In fact, the story begins after Samuel was born. So God erased it. And that's what I'm seeing him doing. I'm seeing him, he has made such a complete end, an utter end. The Bible says he will make an utter end. Affliction shall, shall not rise again. Not only that affliction shall not rise again. He has given us a clean slate and enabled us to do the things that we had not been able to do for three years and we thought we would never be able to do. We had given up and thought, well, let's just accept it that this is how our life would be. A very painful giving up. It, the, the future was so bleak. So, but now there is hope. In fact, not just hope, spiritual hope, but hope even in physical. Because you are seeing, I'm living a miracle. I am living a miracle. Every day something happens. I'm like, I don't even know how to explain this. I can't. It's only God, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm not good doing a good job of explaining what I'm going through, but I believe that somehow the spirit of the joy in my heart will communicate to you. So, I just want to leave us all with these words. These are my reflections today, the second of February, the year of our Lord, to 2023. Is to say that promotion really is the aftermath of temptation. Wherever it is you are, whatever it is that is going on in your life, even I, I know that there will still be more trials ahead. Even I am still in a trial, it's just that it's a different type of trial, and it's less, ah, to the glory of God, it's less burdensome. And I've also learned from what I've gone through in the last few years, and what I've learned is keep God close, keep His word close, keep Jesus close. Whatever happens, protect your relationship with God, with your life. Because the devil is ruthless, he's merciless. He doesn't have an iota of mercy in him. I mean, I live in a com- in a country where we have very, very wicked people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we have people who could do wicked things. But we've seen even the most wicked kidnappers, bandits, release people. The Bible describes Satan as he who does not open the door of his prison. 
when you come in it, it it's a one-way trip it doesn't open it there is no amnesty there is no oh um we're, we're releasing prisoners there's no mercy for anybody to be released from the prison of darkness of satan somebody has to break in from the outside and bring the person out and that's why when people they go through depression you say why can't they just snap out of it no they can't because they have been they are inside the prison somebody has to release them from outside they can't release themselves and that's why medical science cannot help them the only thing they can do is to medicate them so that they are no longer the, they are not aware of the imprisonment that they are in or the impact of the imprisonment is reduced medically but it doesn't solve the problem someone has to read come and break those chains and release them and i saw this happen live in my life and in life of someone very very close to me and it was jesus the word of god the power of god the spirit of god that had to do this work for us and when the chains were broken it was an instantaneous breaking that's how we knew and all what i'm saying now is from watching that experience unfold so i'll just leave it at that there's so much more that i can say because i am full right now i'm bubbling up with words but i'll leave it here and trust god that he will bring this out everything that i have experienced in this audio log which has become i call it a podcast but really this is not a podcast this is a reflection recording it is yeah and i pray that god will use it to bless as many as he will bring to this space thank you very much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ